Oh, you don't get, that's so sad. So I'm recording in the app. And you don't get Susan's voice in the app. Oh, I know. Are we sure we don't want, I mean, she'll, oh, there you go. Yeah, she's fine. Okay, audience. She's our uh, number one fan. So you guys are in my room. I know, she's more mad that we're in here. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Hello. Hello. And welcome back to the episode of Take a Killer to Brunch. I am one of your co-hosts, Darcy. And I am the other co-host, Shannon. And we are a true crime and all things spooky podcast. And we are so happy to have you here with us. Um, we are going to jump into part two of Sean Vincent Gillis, the other um the other killer, Jesus Christ. Um, with that said, uh, we're so happy to have you guys here. If you're new, welcome. We are very excited to have you. And if you are a returning listener, thank you guys so much for being here. We really, really appreciate you all. And we would love to shout you out. So just like, let us know in the comments, uh, if you want to shout out or whatever you would like us to cover. Um, you can find us on Instagram at TAKTV podcast on Facebook at Take a Killer to Brunch. We're on YouTube at Take a Killer to Brunch. As well as you can send us an email at takatvpodcast at gmail.com. And I think or our website too, www.takehillbrunch.com. So with all that said, I think that covered everything. Is there anything you want to add? I don't know. We're on like all social media pretty much. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. We're we're trying to make it work. Yeah. Did you just did you hear about that new one, the threads or whatever? Threads. Yeah. No. Threads on what? So, okay, so it's it's literally called Threads, and... Uh, oh, is it supposed to be, like, the what's placing Twitter? Yes. Yeah, yes, so, I've heard of it. I did download it. It's very weird, and I don't know if I like it or not, so I just don't like... I don't know. Something about, like, the layout just was like, eh, I don't think I could get into this. Mm. But, like, Tanya, believe it or not, was the one that was like, yeah, there's Threads. I'm like, how do you know about this, Tanya? And I don't. I mean, she owned the business. Yeah. But, yeah, so I downloaded it, and so, like, I have one, but I just, I don't know. Maybe I'll download it. I'll see what it's about. I, I went on it, like, twice, and I was like, ah, lost interest already. <laughs> Do you have threads? What do you think about threads? Let us know in the comments. Um, so, I guess we're going to jump right into it. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and then I just want to shout out Tanya. Tanya Flurry Hair. If you're in Scottsdale or you're looking for a hairstylist um, in Arizona, she's a wonderful hairstylist. She specializes in blonding. So if you want to be like a blonde goddess or a silver fox, as lovely Shannon is over here, um, Tanya's your girl. So, but actually, she doesn't do any more silver. So sorry, you guys. She only does mine. Oh, really? Yeah, she doesn't. Damn. So it's sad because like everybody asks me, like, oh, what do you want to get your hair done? And I'm like, sorry, but she won't do this to anybody else but me now. That's fair. Um, I mean, a lot of it is because like as a hairstylist, like, the silver thing is not an easy upkeep for like 99% of people. And I just happen to be very lucky in the sense that my hair is already like kind of going gray anyways. And I was blonde. So it's like, it doesn't really require a whole lot for me to do, but for other people, like she'd be putting in hours of effort to make up your hair a certain color. And then if you're not doing the upkeep, it's just like a waste. Yeah. I went silver once with Tanya. Like, we, I probably saw her three times before I actually got silver and like, just to maintain it for my hair, I was like, thank you so much. It was gorgeous when it, when it was silver, but I can't do this. Anymore. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. You rocked it really well. Thank you. I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Either you, you, you do the money and you do the upkeep and all that or you don't. And then mm-hmm. it's just a waste. 
Yeah, but her her blonde work is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, that's the reason why I'm not blonde because I haven't seen her in a while and I refuse to go to anybody else because she knows they're doing the hair. So, yeah, shameless plug. All right. Moving on. So to summarize last week's episode, if you didn't see it, it'll be up here somewhere. You can go ahead and go watch it. We covered Sean Wayne. I want to say John Wayne Gacy. God, it's going to fuck me up. Covered Sean's childhood, um, his adolescence, and the first three murders that he committed. And so now we're moving on to his fourth murder of eight. So we're going to jump to November 12th of what year is this in? 1999. So November 12th, 1999, 36-year-old Joyce Williams is the next victim. So he picked Joyce after driving around um, singing to the radio. And Joyce noticed uh, that they were heading out of town. So he, I'm sorry, I said he noticed her. He picked her up. I read that wrong. He picked up Joyce. Um, again, as I had mentioned before, a lot of his victims were sex workers. So I'm not going to be divulging who was and who wasn't a sex worker. If you haven't seen last week's episodes, I'm just putting that out there. A lot of graphic themes. So just a trigger warning, if that's not your thing, maybe this isn't your episode. You can check out any of our other episodes. There'll be links to playlists up here. Um, yes, they don't be in here. Anyway, her audience had to say so. She had to protest. Anyway, so he picked up Joyce. They're driving around. They're singing to the radio. All seems well with the world, right? But then she starts to notice that he's taking them out of town. And she tells Sean, quote, unquote, if you weren't so nice, I'd be worried, which breaks my heart. Right. Right. Because how many nice guys... Right. How many nice guys have we talked about or like, oh, but he whatever or like they just didn't seem like the type. Right. It's always them. It's always them. It's, you know, and it's staggering to like when like the really, really nice guys are the ones that like they snap so bad. Yeah. 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 If they're too nice or they love bomb you. No. Run. Anyway. So. He pulls up to a field. Um, Joyce tells him she's going to hop out so she can go to the bathroom. We've all peed in the field. We've all peed outside of the door. We all know what it's like, right? Um, Darcy tried to pee in a parking garage. <laughs> oh, we're, oh, that was for the That's why we drank show. That was so much. That was one of my, my shining best friend moments when I was like, absolutely not, Darcy. Like, get in the fucking truck right now. Oh, You're not peeing behind my truck as we are everyone. <laughs> the parking garage like what <laughs> i was like there is no way you can be anywhere around my truck granted it's a big truck that you're not going to be seen because there's like 50 cars trying to exit this parking garage right now it's a big truck but it's a little truck i could have hit behind a tire uh listen what are they worth it what are they gonna do anyway yes that was a very good best friend moment i appreciate you for that um, but listen, when a girl's got to go, a girl's got to go. Okay. <laughs> I didn't pee. I waited. No. Yeah. But don't you remember you went back inside and went pee inside? Cause it, and the funny, yeah, the funny part inside. is like, to go back inside. It, yeah. Cause it wasn't even that far of a walk to get back inside to go pee. It was literally like, I was like, guys, you just go up the fucking stairs. And I was like, no, there's so much. Energy. It's not like, you know, like other places where you're like, oh man, there's no porta potty in this huge garage. And oh my God, like, like forever to get back to work. No, 
This bitch was just downstairs. No, I wouldn't trust a porta potty inside of a park garage. Well, you know what I mean, like or like a parking lot. Like if you're at like a major event, you know. Yeah. Then that then that sucks. Anyway, yeah. Right. Continue. So she needs to go pee in this field, right? So she's like, I'm gonna go pee. Um, and that's when Sean decided, great. So he grabs one of those industrial two to five foot long zip ties that he has, and he decides to shrink her. God, he loves those zip ties. Yep. Ooh, that's ironic. Okay. What's ironic? Zip ties. Ties. Why are they ironic? I'm missing the joke. It's the name. Zip tie? No. Okay, we're going to have to edit this out. (laughs) That's sketchy. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Coincidence? I think not. Mm -hmm. So... Even paying on guard. She's like, what? Mm-hmm. So he strangles her. Uh, this time, though, he brings her body home. He doesn't leave it anywhere. He doesn't leave notes. So he brings her body home. Um, not just any home. If you remember, the home he shared with his girlfriend, Terry. Okay. So the thing was, though, Terry worked night shifts. So yeah. while Terry was working night shifts, he was out hunting. He was out killing. You know, he was living it up, doing whatever he wanted, Right. So he had all this time to, like, find these women, to harm these women, and then dispose of them all before Terry gets home from work. <clears throat> so after he brings her body back to the house, Sean showers her corpse, he cleans her up, and then he paints her nails. Could you imagine being Terry later on and hearing about that? I mean, like, which nail polish was it? <laughs> was it the periwinkle? Midnight oh. shadow? Corpse bride. Which one is it? I need to know so I can throw it away. Oh, and why did it shower the body? He wants to make her presentable. He cleaned her up, painted her nails. Because he's so nice. Seriously. He's a gentleman. <sighs> so he says, and I quote, I laid her down in the kitchen next to the barn sink and stroked her body. The usual sick playing with her. She had beautiful legs and I wanted to keep those legs. I used a sharp knife to cut through the muscle in her leg, but it took a while to get through it. I cut too low. I finally got it off with a hacksaw and went to the next leg. The blade snapped on me when I was about halfway through the femur. I remember trying to get her arm off next. There was a lot of blood. I sopped it up with paper towels, packing paper, which is very absorbent, 409 and water. You got to be careful handling it. I tried to get the arm at the elbow and the, then the wrist. Things were popping out of out of joints. <laughs> he's so he's like I'm so irritated. Just popping out of joints. Good God! Sorry. The audacity of the bones. I know. Like they're not supposed to do that. But I couldn't get it off, even though I twisted real good. <laughs> Just you see that? Okay, this is like be so wrong, but it reminds me of like when you're trying to get like a chicken wing. <laughs> I think that's how he saw her. Oh, he was like the goddamn thing. Just what you know what I mean? <laughs> okay, I'm not the only fucked up one here. Got it. Even though I twisted it real, <laughs> like the cops would just understand. You know, they're like, do they get it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> The joints. It's always the joint. Yeah. It's always the joint. Man, the chicken last night. 
bringing back memories. Titsuri, never again. <laughs> I'm not done yet. At that point, I pretty much went, I pretty much went for the head. The knife went through just like that. It was like cutting butter. There was a lot of blood, so I washed her head in the sink. I inserted my penis in her head, in her throat. Her spinal cord or something pricked my scrotum. It was uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable. But I guess I but I guess I got what I deserved. Oh, it wasn't a sex thing. It was a mind thing. It was more just to see what it was like. I didn't, you know, get off. Then I put my penis in her mouth. After that, I picked up her leg, holding it with the foot close to my face, severed and down. She had lovely legs, end quote. Roller coaster. Also, all I can think is, what is it with guys sticking their things in things? The fascination with it, you know? Just want to stick their dick where it doesn't belong. Uh, being in the profession that I am, it happens more often than you think. Where it gets stuck. Interesting to me that he was like, I stuck it in her head. Yeah, like in, in the brain? In her head, in her throat, and in her mouth. Just to see how it feels. Mm-hmm. But he's, but does it feel different than like sticking your finger in it? Like, I mean, he didn't say so. Interesting. But it gets worse. We're not done. Hmm. So after he does all that, he proceeds to cut off her nipples and eat them. No belts. No nipple belts this time. But he ate the nipples. I thought they'd be, I figured they'd be chewy. Exactly what I was thinking. I was like, they're probably chewy. I mean, of all the things to eat, but all right. Like calamari kind of, you know, chewy? Ew. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that was really gross. <laughs> I mean, I've never eaten calamari, but I can imagine. Um, he then, after all of this, he later picks up Terry from work with Joyce's body in the back seat of the car. So it's not in the trunk this time. She's in the back seat of the car. And like in bags or like in what? I don't know. My guess is he probably had her wrapped up in something. I mean, she was in pieces at yes. this point. Like a ton of pieces. So maybe like trash bags. Maybe he had her like in the floorboard. Like um, they didn't really specify, but she was somewhere in the back seat. But Joyce didn't, I'm sorry, no, Joyce. Terry didn't notice. Like, so they get home. Terry goes to bed. And then after he goes to bed, um, he drives her body to the east side of um, Iberville, Iberville uh, Parish, and he dumped her into the levee. So he just like dumped her body into this levee. Unfortunately, her body would not be discovered until two months later by two men walking by the levee. Mm. Yeah. So very, um, I mean, his methods of killing are kind of all over the place, but he's escalating in the experimental. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know what much more he can come up with past all that. But you're probably going to be like, but wait, there's more. Yeah, it's like a sham wild commercial. Yeah. Or the slap chop. <laughs> How do you remember those things? Um, I was an infomercial watcher. <laughs> I could watch infomercials for days when I was a kid. Oh, my God. It was like basic cable. Well, also, I was supposed to watch at 3 a.m. It's either the George Lopez show or it was like sham wow. The fucking copper wear 
some kind of crock pot, or it was like QBC, like jewelry network. Oh, I was the jewelry one. Yeah. <laughs> I could fall asleep to the jewelry yeah. network. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Or it was, ooh, or it was the National or the World Poker Tour. <laughs> <laughs> 3 a.m. World Poker Tour, static George Lopez. It's kind of like the yeah. whole range you get. Mm-hmm. Right? Or it was, ooh, ooh, or like the love ballads from the 70s. Yes. <laughs> or the whole collection. Yeah. It's going out yeah. fast. People are buying them fast. Yeah. Who would buy those? Uh, or Tom bought those. Or it was the coins too, you know? The collector's coins. Mm-hmm. That are only in circulation, like right now, the second. Yep, which isn't true. And only made like 10 of them. Yep. Yep. But yet they sold like a million of them, mm-hmm. but only 10 were made. And you could buy them for two payments of $19.95. But they're worth so much more. So much more. Anyway, <laughs> it's the year 2000. Yeah. Uh, January of 2000, there's 52 year old Lillian Robinson. Um, after Sean picked up Lillian, he proceeded to strangle her to death and then he brought her back to the home. This time he was on a time crunch because he needed to pick up Terry from work. So he just needed to get a quick fix. Mm. So this time he places her body on the counter. He sexually assaults her corpse. Um, and then he left her body in the Atchafalaya basin. I totally butchered that. Just so many A's. Um, but I think that's right. Atchafalaya basin later to be discovered by fishermen mm. so it was just like a quick a quickie for him um several months later in october there's 38 year old marilyn nevels after abducting marilyn um sean attempts to lock the zip tie around her throat but it won't lock zip ties aren't that industrial mm. uh, marilyn begins to freak out she's screaming she's kicking she's literally fighting for her life against sean in her attempt to escape, she actually broke his windshield. Like, this girl is, like, mama strength in it. She's mm-hmm. like, fuck no. Man, she actually manages to escape, um, and she fucking takes off. Um, as in the past, Sean is not far behind her. He chases her down, holding some metal rebarb. Sean beats Marilyn with it before strangling her to death. So, unfortunately, she makes a very valiant effort to survive, but he catches up to her inevitably. Um... He also then brings her corpse back to the house and he proceeds to shower her body um, as he did before. He then left her body on top of a levee where he dumped Joyce, so the same place that he left Joyce. Um, She would be discovered by a man taking a walk through the woods. Um, Yeah. I made a funny note, like, if I was that guy, I would never take a leisurely stroll through the forest again. Put that up there with jogging. <laughs> yeah. No. This is why you don't do it. Anyway, so he actually wouldn't kill again for another three years, almost to the day. So October 9th, 2003, um, he then attacked 45-year-old Johnny Mae Williams. Johnny was different from Sean's previous victims. He actually knew Johnny. Mm-hmm. Um he would pay her to clean his house from time to time, which I think is like really fucked up. Like, yeah. I mean, it's one thing to kill a stranger. It's something else to kill someone, you know, but like when we think about how intimately he killed strangers, like. Yeah. Um, she was actually, she was very close with her children and she was actually known to be a very excellent mother who did whatever she could for her kids. 
Um, but she developed drug addiction after her very wealthy husband left her for another woman. Um, after Sean offered her a ride home to which she saw no problem with because she knew the guy, like, why, why yeah. would she say no? Right. right. It's like, you're, it's like, if you were going to offer me a ride home, I would say, sure. No problem. Yeah. Right. Um, unfortunately though, after, um, after, so he picks her for a ride and then he pulls her out of the car into another field. I mean, he knows where lots of fields are or either he uses the same field. Yeah. I don't know how many fields you've seen in your day, but he, he knows them quite. I mean, we live in a desert though. I know. How many fields do you drive by? There's like an open field. How many? Open, I mean, like open desert. Sure. I guess that's our land, but an open field. Yeah. We don't have fields here. I mean, when I was it's in Tempe, fields didn't exist. Open yeah. Yeah. didn't exist. But anyway. So he pulls her out of his car and into this field. He he brutally kills her. He punches and beats her to death. Like, he doesn't zip tie her. He doesn't cut her. He doesn't stab her. He just, like, physically beats her to death. Which is weird, because, like, he knows her. You would think, like, he wouldn't do that? I don't know. I can't he knows her, so now it's more intimate. So he probably enjoyed it more. I don't know. Um, but after she was dead, he decided to stab her in the legs in each one of her butt cheeks. And then he slices her from her neck down to her butt. I guess from the backside then. Mm. Um, he then flips her over and begins to cut at each wrist until her hands are detached. Um, and then... Oh, also, he's smiling the entire time he's doing this. He's just having a grand old time. Just as an FYI, he's yeah, fun. just a fun, a fun fact. In case you didn't know, he was thoroughly enjoying himself. Um, he bags her hands and he puts her body in the front seat, which we've seen him do before. Um, this is the first time though that he actually keeps a body part. So now he's keeping body parts. Um, he then left her body exposed on top of an embankment. Um, when he finds this embankment, he leaves her body there posed with her face down, her arms underneath her, snaps some photos of her body and then leaves. So as he drives home, Sean uses her hands to rub all over himself as well. He's, he uses them to pleasure himself. So then he's posing the bodies, similar to what he did to his previous victim that he put under the sign, because he thought it was funny, the dead end sign. Yeah. Um, so now we see him doing that kind of again, but now he's posing the bodies and he's like taking pictures. Like there's such a dissociation of like, I mean, you can clearly see that he doesn't see his victims as people. He right. sees them as props. Right. In experiments. Yeah. It's like the whole mannequin fetish kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Um, or a lot of it, really. So not long after he murdered, not long after her, he murdered a young child. Um, I'm sorry, he didn't murder a young child. Not long after her murder, a young child looking for his lost dog would actually find her body. Oh. So there's trauma. Oh, yeah. Um, so obviously she gets taken in. They're, they do an autopsy. The same pubic hair that's found on Johnny's body that was found in Catherine's body um the devil's what was it dental floss or whatever oh yeah <laughs> the devil's dental floss yeah 
So the devil's sense of loss was also found on Johnny's body. And that's when the police were like, oh, serial killer. We have a connection. Dun, dun, dun. SVU comes in. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's her name? Lauren, whatever. Her name. The lady who, the main person in like fucking SVU. Oh, like Olivia Benson? It's Olivia Benson. Yeah. She comes in. She's like, well, fine, this fucker. Yes. Right? I mean, I would let Olivia Benson solve my case shit. Yeah. Um, so they're like, oh, great. We have another killer terrorizing Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Fantastic. We thought we got rid of the first one. We didn't. So here we go. Austin. Pretty sure that's Ice Machine, baby. Did your fridge fart? Because our fridge farts. Um, it like crackles, I guess. Our fridge farts and our dishwasher. What does our dishwasher do? I think our dishwasher sings and our fridge farts. Boom. So, not long after that, in 2004, on February 26th, there's 43-year-old Donna Bennett Johnson. Um, and this would actually be his last victim. So, Donna would be his final victim. Um, and, unfortunately, as many others, she would lose her life in the same manner um, as Johnny before her, but not without a fight. So, Donna actually was passed out in the car when Sean stopped in the field. So she was like sleeping. She was passed out. He stops in this field. And um, they were very close to a power plant. So she wakes up when Sean is trying to strangle her. That's fine. And she manages to pull the zip tie off and she actually bolts into this field. Ooh. Yeah. So Sean soon catches up to her as he always does. And once again, he slips another industrial zip tie around her throat and pulls it very tight. Her final words were actually, I can't breathe, which is really sad. Mm. And um, when she was dead, Sean photographed her body before undressing her, which I thought was very interesting. Um, and then Sean starts to saw off her arm when he notices a blue butterfly tattoo on her body. So he cuts the skin off of that tattoo. He cuts the skin. Oh, yeah. Why? Oh, at least she's behind bars. <laughs> I was like, oh, not my blue butter. There's there's two different similarities between men named Sean and Blue Butterfly. <laughs> yeah. Do I have the Hmm. Interesting. So he doesn't want to ruin the tattoo, so he cuts off the skin that the blue butterfly is on. So so thoughtful. That's when he eats it though. I don't think he eats it, okay. but he does cut off her nipple and he ate those. Oh, so he has like a thing now. Like those are his favorite, like delicacy, like his snacks. Like, yeah. ooh, like, like a snack. Yeah. And he's put them like in the air fryer or something and like mm-hmm. just them up. I don't think air fryers exist yet. Yeah, they did not. Not in 2004. Um, maybe in his toaster oven. Toaster ovens were probably hot in 2004. Yeah. You know, whole Tabasco. Mm-hmm. No. Okay, what would you season a nipple with? <laughs> Tell me. Some garlic powder. What are you what are you trying to do? Garlic salt? What's spicy, savory, or can deep fry it? That's what I was thinking like the calamari rings, you know? Maybe that's why I thought of calamari because like circular, like a maybe he deep fries them. Mm-hmm. He doesn't deep fry them. He eats them raw. It's like a deep fried pickle, you know. He's like one of those women, like have you seen those videos of those chicks that just eat like the live baby octopus, octopi? Mm, no absolutely not okay they exist and there's one where this chick eats one 
And it's like, no. So it starts to climb out of her throat and she can't breathe. And I was like, don't shit, bitch. The fuck do you think was going to happen? And this is how you end up in an ER. We're dead. We're dead. What brought me to the ER? I was trying to eat live fucking octopi. No. Anyway, so he eats her nipples. And then he took over 45 photos of her body before leaving her to be discovered by a couple on a stroll. Um, he stomped hard on her back enough to like leave a footprint, a bloody footprint behind on her back or in her back, I guess, really at this point. Yeah. Which is kind of dumb when you think about it, but what does he care? He's gotten away with it so much. Um, <clears throat> so now we're going to get into his capture and what happens to him afterwards. So following the discovery of Donna's body, um, a task force was formed to investigate the Donna, Johnny, and Catherine deaths because they all looked similar. They're like, this seems very similar. So they collect DNA from underneath the fingernails and all the women of all the women, and they run it through the system to no avail. My question is, I was like, okay, so with all the the murders and stuff that he does, like, do they not connect? Like, okay, is is it just because like he takes them off and like removes them, or they're not on the bodies whenever they're posed or whatever? But the zip ties, you think like with all the zip ties, like the commonality of that alone, that that wasn't something investigators were able to like tie together, like no pun intended. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, I didn't see anywhere in my notes where he removed the zip ties or not. So it's possible that he did. It's possible that he didn't. Okay. I think if he didn't, they would have put it together faster. But he might have. <clears throat> I mean, I kind of feel like they could also probably have identified the type of utensil used to strangle them, even if it was cut off. Right. Like, I mean, this isn't like way years right like because they, they know if it's a rope they know if it's your hand they know if it's you know what i mean like they know what it is so unsure but again most of these women are prostitutes like i'm sorry sex workers i know sex workers is the more appropriate term so most of these women are sex workers so they don't really care to be fair they're not really going to do that much work they're like oh she was probably killed by a john you know yeah that sucks yeah this isn't though no, it wasn't. And it was it wasn't until like the pubic hairs cut like collectively matched, like, oh, there actually might be a serial killer in Baton Rouge again. Would you would think they'd be more on alert from the first time, but you know, stupid is a stupid does, right? So they put together this task force, they collect DNA from under their fingernails. There's nothing that comes in because Sean's actually never been in the system. So he's not in the system yet. He... It's just like they can't ping him. Um, they had DNA and they discovered that all the DNA that they, all the DNA matched, at least belonging to the same person. They didn't know who the person was, but they knew the DNA matched. Um, in an attempt to find anything else to help them with the killer, they go back to the crime scene where Donna's body was found. Um, and that's where they discovered tire tracks. Um, and we know anyone who watched forensic files, they fucking love tire tracks. <laughs> oh, yeah. They love a tire mold. So they do that. They do the molds. Um, and they link it to a few hundred sets of that particular tire that was sold in that area, which I always found fascinating. Yeah. Right? Like, these tires are just tires. Nope. Also, it's like, how many places sell tires? And, like, you're going to be able to tell me that you're able to narrow it down from, like, all the tire shops in that local area sold that specific tire? Like, mm-hmm. wow. 
right? It's kind of wild. So with a compiled list of 200 people, so of all that ruse, they've narrowed them to 200 people. It's decided to rule out each person on the list one by one, which is still a lot of people. Yeah. Right? So Agent Jeff Methvin is going door to door, knocking, checking off those on his list when he knocks on the door of Sean Vincent Kellis. Let me guess, though. He seems like such a nice guy. Oh, well, Terry answers the door. Oh, so here's what's going to happen. So Terry answers the door. Uh-huh. When Jeff mentions he needs to speak with the owner of the blank, um, I put a blank here, a blank. Um, I'm assuming it's his car. Yeah. Um, so she calls for Sean. She's like, oh, Sean, right? Sweetie pie, honey bunches. So he complies with Jeff's request, obviously. He's like, yeah, totally. He takes, he lets them take his DNA, which is probably a bad idea. Oh, yeah. Um, And then he was later brought in for questioning. Right? Mm -hmm. So while being interviewed, he tells them that he was friends with Johnny May and that he did drive past on his crime scene recently. So it's possible his tire tracks could have been there. Um, And then when they pressed him as to why he said, and I quote... Oh, you know, I had some beer and needed to go to the bathroom real bad and knew I wasn't going to make it back to the house. You know what I'm saying. My bladder was, how they put it? Cheech and Chong put on time. My eyes are floating. That's how I felt. And Interesting. Okay. I have no fuck idea what that means. No idea, no. I'm no. lost. I'm like, sir, sorry. I don't understand. Like, yeah, that's, that's totally what people say. That's, you know what they say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, oh, I said poetic t-shirt, yeah. <laughs> my notes are so funny. Um, unfortunately though, they couldn't hold him because they haven't like run DNA yet. They couldn't hold him down the brought him for questioning. So they had to let him go. Um, they did go on to get a warrant search his car. Um, and what do you think they found? Blood. Yes. You're a winner. They found blood. Uh, they found lots of it, right? Um, when they asked him why there was blood in his car, he told, oh my God, I forgot about this. <laughs> this is so great. Terry had gotten her period. He said, and I quote, oh my God, it's so much better. About a month after we got the car, my girlfriend got her period. She had her period and it just soaked through the front car seat. It, I mean, it's like I said, it looked like a massacre in the front seat, end quote. <laughs> when they asked him, how there was blood all over the back seat. <laughs> he said that the wind was really strong that day and it blew her period blood out of the front passenger window and back through the back passenger okay. window and into the back seat. Oh, God, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way, Sean. <laughs> She's a Niagara Falls. <laughs> the sign, I want to see that diorama. <laughs> I want to see the digital art reconstruction of that central force. <laughs> The laws of physics. 
And the law is a fucking human fucking body that disappeared and was like. <laughs> like, I just, when I was reading that, I just remember being a kid and like my mom, like, like my head, like being out of the, the back seat and my mom flicking her cigarette and the ash <laughs> getting in my eye. And I was like, what are the odds? Oh, well, apparently they're pretty high. <laughs> If she had enough period blood, so she probably almost bled to death. Is what I'm getting from this torch. It was a massacre in the front seat, so much so that it was able to pull said blood out of a soaked front seat mm-hmm. and just like she airbended that shit. <laughs> Avatar could never blood bending. No water bending before <laughs> blood bending. That sounds so metal. Oh, yeah. that's not like a metal band. There has to be, please tell me there is. Oh my god, I knew you would love that. <laughs> I was like, the the fun of rediscovering my notes was that because if I had read that ahead of time, oh, Penny seemed unenthused. Yeah. Okay, so as you can possibly think, the police totally believed him. Oh yeah, <laughs> because obviously the blood would match, right? Like her blood in the front seat would match the blood in the back seat, right? Yeah, totally. So, I'm going to skip past all these weird notes that I put in here, blah, blah, blah. So, after the conversation, they had his DNA, right? They were like, okay. So, they sent his DNA to the crime lab for testing against the evidence they had. And once it came back as a match, they immediately went to the judge and were like, we need an arrest warrant for this dude. He's killing a bunch of people. Yeah. Right? He's bloodbending. He's bloodbending everywhere. It's messy up there. It's sticky and it's messy and it's red. So. It's like the scene in The Shining when the fucking elevator opens. And yes. Just, that's, what, that's what he's describing. Yeah. 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 That's, like, that's how female periods work, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. That's why when we sneeze, we're like, oh, God, because we just flooded our car. Yeah. The engine broke. Mm. Nothing you can do about it. Yeah. We still have to get to work. It's a total waste, you know? Yeah. It's a waste of a good car. Yeah. <laughs> throw the whole thing away. Just throw everything away. Yeah. Throw the uterus away. Yeah. Throw the car away. Shit, it probably falls out too, you know. You know and we're all, we grow a new one. It's fine. Every month. Yeah. That's cool. Cool. So we're going to fast forward to April 29th of 2004 at 1.20 a.m. The SWAT team bursts into his home. Terry wakes up in a panic. She's like, what the fuck is going on? Right? Um, and all Sean says to her is, quote unquote, sorry, honey bunny. Ew. I know. That's what I said. Then the SWAT members tell Terry, and I quote, don't you know you're living with a serial killer? End quote. Which I don't think is fair. No. I don't think that's fair. fair. No. Because the way we saw him, the way he treats Terry is totally not how he treats. And this is very common amongst people who have these relationships. Not with Ted Bundy. You know, not with John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. Like anyone who has meaningful relationships of people they care about, whether or not those relationships last... It's like the way that they were as a person is not who they were outside of the home. Oh, right. So whatever. Um, a bunch of notes, blah, 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 blah. Da, 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 da. Okay, here we go. Where's my note? Oh. I have a note in here. 
I said, there's plenty of examples of spouses who have no idea that their significant other is a serial killer and studies that have shown a lot of serial killers do not direct their murders on those who deem family because they have feelings for those people, whereas they do not for their victims, which is pretty common. They all kind of do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is why I was said in last episode, the pedestal he put Terry on with his mom, because if he saw her as anything sexual, he's like, I probably would have killed her. Mm-hmm. He never went out and said that, but the way that he acted did say that. Yeah. Right. So um they see they see the mis- like blah 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 blah. So she says to this swap person, she says, quote unquote, boy, do you have the wrong house? End quote. Ugh. I mean, good for her. She's like, I'm gonna stick by my man for now. Right? Mm-hmm. Um and so then after he was put in jail, Terry went to see Sean and asked him, um, how could you kill three people, quote, unquote, to which he responded, quote, oh, there were eight, end quote. He's like, I'm sorry, there were eight. Sorry, honey, bunny. Yeah, he, yeah sorry, honey, bunny. He's like, there were eight. She's like, how could you kill three people? <laughs> he was like, there was eight. Honey, bunny. Get it right. Mm. Mm. Um, that's all I would need to hear. <laughs> I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. I'm like, okay, mom. Also, I wouldn't have even shown up. But... Right. Um, so I said, Terry collapsed and cried, which Sean said again, sorry, honey, buddy. <laughs> yes. The pet names. You're thinking like a serial killer. <laughs> so I'm so glad I'm on your good side. By the way, we twins today, just in case anybody needs to know. We did. We did. Okay. I noticed it first. You did. And then I went home and then I changed my shorts to be black on black. You mean like white on black? Well, I say black on black. Oh. But I know, yes, you're more technically correct. But black shorts, black shorts. Anyway, off topic. So if he's arrested, he has no problem just letting off his gory details get. He's like, sure, I'll say whatever you want to know. I mean, at that point, what did he have to lose? Like, you have my DNA, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he did say, Quote, I'm sorry I hurt people, but I would do it again, end quote. Well, this is honest, I guess. Self-aware, right? He also went on to say, um, <clears throat> oh, I did say that this goes to show that this one pissed me off. So past me was very mad about this quote. So it's all prepared. Quote, if anything in my useless life comes out, help the little girls of today not to be the premature corpses of tomorrow. And that's fucked up. Thank you. I said, fuck you, Sean. How about we educate our boys that bullying her isn't a way of showing her that you like her. Making her cry isn't funny. Does not, no, does not mean yes. And you and your inability to control your raging boner because her shoulder caught your eye in math class is not her fault. You missed the lesson and failed the test. Okay. I don't think I said it all. So I think that's very true. So what he's really saying in this, he's like, look, um, don't let your daughter become a whore. So she won't die. It's her fault that I murdered her. It's her own fault. There was eight, anybody. Mm. Anyway, so. um, So the police realized as Sean was confessing that he started to name off 
for other women than the four he was originally charged with, right? The ones they were investigating. So inevitably, he'll be charged with seven of the eight murders. Police are still trying to gather evidence to charge him with Lillian Roberts' murder. He was sentenced to three life sentences without possibility of parole on July 31st, 2008. And Terry is still in the home and has Sean's car, which is left to rot in the backyard. I don't get that. Did you know what happened in that house? Yeah, no. Like, did they buy that home together? Still no. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, fucking sell it. <clears throat> so I have some lots of fun facts for you. Okay. okay. So for 10 years during Sean's terror, there were four other active serial killers at the time in, in Louisiana. Wow. I was very blurry. Four other active serial killers in Louisiana at the time for a duration of 10 years. How terrifying is that? Like, when you think about it, statistically, at any given point, there's 25 active serial killers in America alone. Mm -hmm. So to take a 10-year gap and say four of them are concentrated in one state, that's a lot. It's not a big state. No. So, um, I did say we would cover the weird irony of his nickname, right? So one of the active serial killers during that 10-year period was Derek Todd Lee, whom we all have come to know as the Baton Rouge killer, right? Mm-hmm. Sean had a document on his computer labeled DTL, filled with all the articles regarding Derek's crimes so he could track him, make sure he makes sure. So he could track him, make sure he outdid him or one upped him. So he saw these as like a way to get infamous. And he suddenly saw the suit as a rival, which I think is very weird. Um, he wanted to be infamous, he wanted to be remembered, and he wanted to outdo Derek Todley. He did all of this prep work, which is a gross way to paraphrase it, um, just to only be nicknamed the other Baton Rouge right. killer. Right. It's like the dude already got the title. You can't. You'll never be the Baton Rouge killer. Yeah, no. I don't think he really cared, but it's like, it's, I think it's a really cute, like, twist of the knife, right? Like, he was obsessed with this dude to the point that he wanted to outdo him, but he'll never be able to. He'll always be known as the other. The other, yeah. The other guy, which I think is hilarious. Um, so, in trying to understand where his necrophilia comes from, Sean was asked if he ever fantasized about having sex with his mother. Mm-hmm. To which he replied, and I quote, yes, of course. She's not an attractive woman. Um, Even if you see her and meet her now, I thought if she passed away, y'all would find me in bed with her. End quote. So natural, you know? Yeah. He's like, oh, if she dies, I will fuck her. Oh. He's like, yeah, if you find her dead, I'll be in bed with her. Like, we're going to, I'm going to totally consummate this burial. Oh, no. Right? Yeah. He wants a closed casket. <laughs> um, moving on. Um, he also sent a letter to a friend of Donna's, one of his victims, uh-huh. um, who had been writing him back and forth already and explained Donna's murder to her. And I quote, your friend died quickly. She was so drunk. It only took about a minute and a half to succumb to unconsciousness and then death. End quote. Signed quote, 
Yours, oh so beyond sorry, Sean Vincent Gillis. No, he's not. It only took a minute and a half, you know, of suffering. Which he's is- like, she was just so drunk. It was like so easy. Yeah, she just probably didn't remember, you know. It's her fault. Yeah. Because she was so drunk. Um, His car also had a name. He named her his car Buffy. Which I think is a disgrace to the Buffy fans of the world. We were literally talking about charm the last episode. Yeah. Um, so I take a full offense to that, which is highly offensive. God, I haven't changed. Okay. Since it was not used to protect the innocent and slave vampires, Sarah Michelle Geller would be ashamed. Mm-hmm. Yes, she would. So those are my not so fun facts. And that, ladies and gents, is the story of Sean Vincent Gillis, the other Baton Rouge killer. The other guy. Yeah, that fucking wiener. The guy who has something to prove. The guy who's not the cool dude. The one who wants to one up everybody. The guy who thinks everybody hates him, but actually no one remembers he existed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Scene. <laughs> he has been seen, but not heard. <laughs> oh, gosh. That was disturbing. That's probably one of the most disturbing ones. Yeah, because at the end of it, there's no rhyme or reason. And it all really just kind of sounded like a game. Mm-hmm. Like a game that he really enjoyed playing. And it's gross. It's really gross. Um, as normal, all sources will be in the show notes. Um, that's what I got. So thank you guys so much for being here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will see you in the next one. Bye. Cheers. Cheers.